This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Things are getting awfully official around here. We're doing our official predictions for both conferences, the division order of finish, and of course, the playoff matchups and who's going to win the NFC, AFC, and meet in the Super Bowl. Jacob's in the corner trying to light the fire. I think he has got the fire oh, lit. It is a Friday after feels all. Great, doesn't so anytime it? we're going to start talking about some NFL football and look around the league, you got to light that fire and do it by a fireplace. It's a fireside Friday. This is a special occasion. Like I said, we'll make our official predictions. And what makes these so different from our prognostications from earlier this offseason is we've got a notebook of truth here. That's right. The notebook of truth. Notebook it's leather of truth. bound. It smells of mahogany. And it has a nice little lock latch on it. So I'll lock it up, throw away the key, but only throw away the key at a place I'll remember so I can get it at the end of the year and unlock this thing again. But we will crack this thing open after week 18 and take a look at how close we were, how far away we are, have some laughs, pat ourselves on the back for being incredible. Nostradamuses mm-hmm. in our own right as we predict how this season is going to shake out. This episode, we're going to focus on the AFC. We'll get to the NFC and we'll do the Super Bowl in our last episode today but with the afc we start by just we're, we're gonna do this usa today style all the way up until they predict the actual records for each team because ain't nobody got time to go through schedule by schedule and make sure you don't have any conflicts and pick the records for these teams so we'll go division order from first to last we'll seed the teams from one to seven we'll do playoff matchups and we'll get you your winner of the afc so let's start with the afc north Let's not okay. do the seeding yet. Let's just do the order of the f- division finish, and then we'll come okay. back at the end, and we'll do our one through seven seeds in the AFC. But my order of finish in the North right now officially is Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, and the Browns finishing in last place, coming in as the basement dwellers. I got the same thing as you. You got Ravens, Ravens Bengals, Bengals, Steelers, Steelers Browns. Browns. We're not – we didn't have the time to do every individual record for teams. Yeah, I'm not doing that. That's garbage. However, I do think this is going to be not necessarily a three-team race, but you'll have three teams who are competitive. I agree with that. I think that you'll see the Bengals and the Ravens probably at the end of the year maybe create a little bit of separation, but I don't think this is going to be a case where you'll see one of the teams run away from week one to week 18. I think they'll be jockeying for position throughout the playoff uh, or throughout the regular season. And even when the AFC North is down, the teams always tend to beat up on each other. It's the opposite of down this year. It's really been the opposite of down the past couple of years since Cleveland has started to come on stronger. So every single game, that's six games that you have on your schedule that you know are just going to be an absolute dogfight. There will be some beating up of each other within the AFC North. There always is. Uh, but I just think the Ravens, when it's all said and done, are a clear cut above everybody else. Like we mentioned in our last episode, they were 8-3 and three and then finished 8-9 and nine on the season. If they had been healthy or if Lamar had just stayed healthy throughout the season, they can scratch and claw their way to 10, maybe 11 wins and be that number one AFC North champion, potentially uh, continue to keep a grasp on that number one overall seed in the entire AFC like they had had before Lamar Jackson went down. So... I think injuries were a big bugaboo. I think the Ravens were probably a better team than the Bengals last year if everything was healthy. So I think this year they're going to pick up where they weren't able to, you know. uh, Yeah. They didn't even get a chance to leave off there last year due to all the injury problems. They'll be back on track. I I think 
Tomlin and Harbaugh are a cut a cut above Taylor and Stefanski as far as For the sure. division is concerned. Especially Stefanski. Taylor, I think the jury is still out. Let's see what he can do with this team moving forward. Yeah, so they're they're a different level of coach. And I have no question that if the Ravens can stay just, you know, normal uh, if they can stay in the normal injury waters that NFL teams usually are plagued by instead of the catastrophic ones that they suffered last year, they're going to be just fine, and I think they'll they'll be in firm control of this North, with the Bengals, of course, nipping on their heels the entire time, and Steelers and the Browns probably stealing wins from the Bengals or the Ravens along the way. And who knows, this division could come down to Week 18. I think it is a, a really, I think the North and the West are really good candidates in the AFC to have those Week 18 implications, just because of how tight uh, the teams are, but not just, you know, being close in skill level for the teams, but being close in skill level as a good team. Like, they're not just good, they're not just average teams, they're all pretty good teams playing against each other. And let's not, let's not, you know, massage the facts here, or hide the facts. There are questions surrounding both the Ravens and the Bengals. Can the Bengals sustain that success I mean you see a lot of teams have a really like kind of a Cinderella season and they're there and they make headlines for a year and they fade away let's you know for the sake of the league you know you want the league to be competitive let's hope that Joe Burrow is is going to be this ultra competitive guy it, it won't be great news for Steelers fans but it's good for the league overall but you yeah. just don't know and then on the Raven side of things can they stay healthy? I mean, we've already heard Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. Probably going to miss week one. Already going to miss week one. I mean, that running offense is only so successful because it has, yes, that mobile quarterback, but also it has the pieces at the running back position to help him. Good news for Ravens fans, though. Week one is at the New York Jets, who will be starting, I believe, Joe Flacco at quarterback, which is amazing that Joe Flacco will get to play. All of these the week one matchups: Baker so versus the Browns, Flacco versus the Ravens. Uh, what is I don't it? Know Russell if Wilson is officially named the starter for New York, but I think he's going to. Russell Wilson versus the Seahawks. Clearly, Joe Flacco versus the Ravens is the big ticket item out of all three of those revenge games. I guarantee you at least PFT commenter will be tweeting something very similar to what you just said there. But they can survive against the Jets without their running backs, especially when they have Lamar Jackson. That's really all you need to beat a team like that, so they'll be fine there. But you're right. If those running back uh, deficits continue to plague them throughout the rest of the season, they're going to be in trouble. Uh, but the Steelers and the Browns have question marks, too. The Steelers, you know, we've talked about the ad nauseum, and the Browns is very obvious what their big question mark is. I think that's what separates the West from the North, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, is that the West teams, aside from the Chiefs, we kind of know what they are. And even when the Chiefs question marks, the answer is probably just going to end up being number 15 anyway. With the North, there's a lot of question marks that could, you know, ruin these team seasons, and the answers aren't as obvious as, yeah, they just had Patrick Mahomes. So... I think the question marks are definitely what keeps the North slightly below the West in the uh, division power ranking pecking order. Well, let's move to the AFC South. My order of finish with the AFC South is the Colts winning it with the Titans coming in second place, the Jags climbing out of the basement and finishing in third, and the Houston Texans being miserable pretty much most of the year and finishing last. No surprises here. I got Colts, Titans, Jaguars. Texans. Well, look at that. You and I on the very same page at the uh, at least outset of this little official prediction. I think you're playing it safe and, and hedging your bets, though. I think you peeked at my notebook and saw what I was right, going to pick, and you right. don't want to be embarrassed. I assume Tom knows all. 
Tom has that third eye. Well, it's not just that, even though it is just that. But <laughs> it's also that, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed when I smoke you in these predictions later this year when you were wrong and I was Pretty right. sure. Who won between our uh, I don't know. I lost Triple that take. Net. Oh, you lost The that. audio's not on the internet either, so you can't figure that out. It is on the internet. It's on Steelers.com. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like the Colts to, overseat, or to overthrow the Titans this year. I'm just not as high on the Titans as we, as I should be based on their success over the past couple of seasons. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Derrick Henry getting hurt and seeing that kind of team is what's freshest in my mind, the team that was led by Tannehill and no Derrick Henry. And that team wasn't exactly that inspiring. Uh, you sack a team nine times in a playoff game and you lose. That's not inspiring at all, despite Henry being back but not his 100% self in that playoff game. I mean – this is a team that not only made the playoffs last year, Tennessee, but this is a team that was the number one overall seed in the AFC. Uh, got that first round bye that is so heavily coveted now. And it's hard to think now that I'm just so turned off on them that, and again, we'll seed and we'll reveal our wild cards when we wrap up the divisions here, but I have them borderline playoff team. And in fact, would not be surprised if they don't even make the playoffs at all. And that's just crazy because... Aside from moving A.J. Brown and, and trying to gamble on Traylon Burks and, and exchanging your uh, one wide receiver who's a stud who's going to be due a big contract for someone you hope can be a stud and play on a rookie deal for the next four years, I just don't see them as a team that really inspires much optimism. But then again, they've always kind of been that boring team the past couple of years that plugs along. You look up and they have 11 wins and they're going to the playoffs. So that could very well happen again this year. I think the only thing that's different this year as opposed to the past couple of years is the Colts are better. I think yes. this iteration of the Colts with Matt Ryan, and the Colts have been this weird team that have just gone into uh, the dumpster, the retirement home, and grabbed as many vet. Their bridge after Andrew Luck surprised retired on them was just let's get as many bridge old-timer quarterbacks in here and ride out their last good years, try to squeeze a little bit of talent out of them. They did it with Rivers. Uh, to some success, they made the playoffs as a seventh seed with him. They did it with Carson Wentz last year. Uh, that was a little bit more of the let's go the younger uh, route, and if we hit on this guy, we've got more than just a couple years with him. We could have a half a decade to a decade with him playing well. Obviously, that did not work out, losing to Jacksonville and missing out on the playoffs. Now they tab former MVP and uh, author of the most epic Super Bowl loss ever, Matt Ryan, to come I have in. a question for you. Yes. Between, I think Wentz is the, is the clear third. With this version of Matt Ryan versus the old-timer version of Philip You'd Rivers, rather this version of Matt Ryan. Career-wise, I think Rivers in his prime was at a higher power than Matt Ryan ever was, despite Ryan getting an MVP, MVP. and Rivers never getting one. But... I still think just, you know, push comes to shove, looking at pure quarterbacking Rivers was better. However, the Rivers that was playing for the Colts was not in his prime at all. I think Matt Ryan still has a couple of prime-ish, not prime completely, but prime-ish years left in the tank. So I think that this iteration of the Colts has been their best version since Andrew Luck has left. And I well, think that is a factor playing into my uh, decision to not only make them the winner, but knock the Titans down a couple pegs. Let's look at the two guys, the two big names from that 2008 draft class. The quarterbacks. Matt Ryan, do you know who the other one was? Was it Andrew Luck? No. From 2008. Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe Flacco. So Matt Ryan won an MVP, only now reaching his second NFL team, whereas Joe Flacco, yeah, he won his Super Bowl. Now he's on his third team. I think it's beyond it that. beyond that? I know he bummed around in Denver for a little bit before he ended up in the New York Jets system. I think it's just Denver and the Jets. 
maybe there's a sneaky team that he spent a couple of weeks on the practice. Yeah, you're right. For. It's just the Broncos. Of course, and the I'm Jets. right, Jacob. But, but still, I mean, like the, the 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 career trajectory so far between these two guys, or at this point for these two guys, is completely different. Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan, Matt Ryan is doing much better. He he bounced from what could be the worst team in the NFL this year to a, a division winner, whereas Joe Flacco is the backup on what could be another bottom feeding team this year. Do you think Matt Ryan learned from that Super Bowl to hand the ball off to your good running back if you can? Oh, because he's got a best he's got the best running back he's ever had in his career now. Yes, in Indianapolis, he had like Michael Turner, he had Devontae Freeman for he had a good while. Good running backs, like they had a Decent. solid, yeah. solid running back team. But JT is this is different. Yeah. This is MVP caliber running in the backfield and an offensive line up front that has some hogs on it that can open up some holes for JT as well. So, I think that. You know, I and I think Philip Rivers really benefited. I know JT wasn't there yet. Was he there? Was it rookie JT when Philip Rivers was there? I don't. Yeah, it was. This was his second year this past year, so he played one year with Philip Rivers and one year with uh, Philip Rivers. Wentz. Benefited from you know a strong running game and was able to use that to help his passing game. I think Matt Ryan still has a pretty decent passing game, so this running game is going to complement that super well. And I think if the receivers like Michael Pittman can establish themselves as legit go-to targets. I think you're cooking with gas in Indianapolis. So I'm pretty comfortable with them winning the South. Uh, and the other, the other thing I'd say is the Jags climbing out of the basement. I don't think the Jags are going to be as embarrassingly bad as they have been this year. I think they're going to be a team that maybe wins five, six games maybe, and, and maybe upsets a good team along the way. I mean, they beat the Bills last year. So, I mean, it's true. who knows what happens. But I, I think you'll see some things from Lawrence and that team that make you go, okay, this is how a team that's picked towards the top of the draft for the past five years should look. They're starting to get things together. Right. They're not like the Raiders where their 2019 draft class, as of only three years ago, is already completely gone. Yeah, man. Alex Leatherwood. I mean, that is such a swing and a miss. And now and that whole that the entire team really has just been a swing and a miss. But can you blame them? Because at the time we know he was running things. Now it's under new management, under new uh, a new front office leader. John Gruden is out. So maybe they turn maybe they turn a corner here. I mean, they they took a huge step by targeting Devontae Adams. Oh yeah, and uh, bringing in Chandler Jones as well right. on the defensive side of the ball to pair with oh, Max Crosby. They yeah. went to the playoffs last year. Yeah, they I did. Mean, yeah, despite in, in a year where they lost yes. Gruden a couple of games into the season, and their wide one of their promising young wide receivers killed a woman in a DUI car accident, and he's in jail. Like. Right. They lost. There was a lot. A lot, and there was a ton of distractions. Still were able to make it to the playoffs. And Derek Carr had a chance in Cincinnati we'll, we'll, to put we'll the ball touch, in the end zone they, we did. and we'll, win we'll, that playoff game. We'll touch more on the Raiders later, but we're just comparing them to the Jaguars, who now have a lot of young talent, who could— it doesn't seem that they're punting on all their young talent the way the Raiders did or have done the past couple of years. So we expect the Jaguars not to be a real threat— but maybe to be a thorn in someone's in someone's side at some point this year. I mean, like you mentioned, that loss or that victory over the Bills was probably the biggest upset of the year between yes. superior opponent versus inferior. But the biggest consequential upset was in Week 18 when the Colts failed to go to Jacksonville and win to get into the playoffs. So they they can win against decent teams. It's it's rare. But they can diff. I mean, they have like a again. They have an easy schedule. They have a, a third or fourth place schedule fourth. here. So they're working against teams like the the Giants, the Jets. I see uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, 
they get the Texans twice, so they have a semi-easy schedule. Just what can they do with it? In the AFC East, I have this order of finish. The Bills, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and then the Jets. I know a lot of people are high on the Dolphins this year, but I don't know. I think that team is going to take a couple more than just – or a little more than just one season to completely gel and dethrone Bill Belichick. I think the Patriots are going to be very steady and mm-hmm. finish in second place. I have our, our first deviation here. Because you got the Dolphins. I got the Bills first. Actually, I have the Jets first. Oh, yeah. nice. I got the Bills first, the Dolphins second. The Patriots third and the Jets fourth. You just hate the Patriots. That's I right. just a hate the Patriots, but b respect what the Dolphins have do are doing right now. They're going out and they're collecting talent. It's you, the big elephant in the room for it's, me. It's though. it's Tua. I yep. get it. There's a lot of questions, but to me, Tua to, to be. Would you rather have? And I I feel like I already know your answer, so I don't know why I'm asking. But would you rather have the guy who can excite and really be an X factor for you in Tua, or be just vanilla ice cream, do nothing special for you in Mac Jones? I mean, if I'm looking long term, I want I don't want vanilla ice cream. I want somebody that's going to be a game breaker um, and get you over that hump on his own. Mac Jones is fine, but like when push comes to shove in an AFC Championship game, if he can ever even get to that point, he's never going to be a guy. I don't think that can just elevate you and will you to win like Joe Burrow did against the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Yeah, I'm not it's comparing not either DNA. of these teams to where Tua. I think yeah. has that in him. You saw that against Georgia in the national championship game that Tua came in and threw that rocket of a touchdown pass in to win. I think he's got that attitude and I think he's got the skill set to be that good, be that much of a game changer. You just never always. You just don't know if you're ever going to see it from a guy like that. You. You haven't seen it yet, and maybe that part of his game doesn't translate to the NFL, and that never develops. So, I'm just gonna, I just have a lot of doubts on Tua. Um, you asked me, you know, kind of to pick between the two players' archetypes: really exciting, improvisational, uh, great skill set quarterback in Tua, or very vanilla, kind of field general-ish, gonna be a coach, yes man, know how to run the offense perfectly, but never gonna wow you with his physical traits, Mac Jones. Uh, archetype wise I'm taking the two archetype every single time however putting if the silhouettes were now colored in and I saw Mac Jones versus Tua I think I'd pick Mac Jones right now I think he's just gonna be I'm still gonna side with Tua and I just like overall the Miami team more from what we've heard from what Dale and Matt on the drive have have shared uh, with their listeners their their connections to the Patriots organization the, the the local guys there have said this Patriots offense looks like one of the worst offenses they've seen in the, in the last. Check. You know he's effing with people. I almost said the I real mean, word there. It's it's really it's it really it's 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 really stretched thin there. When you when you think about the receivers, their their tight ends who the, they used to pride themselves on having these great tight ends, uh, not just one but sometimes two. You got I want to say a washed up, but you certainly don't have a in his prime Hunter Henry there. And and the receivers there, they brought in Devontae Parker, who really never panned out in in Miami. And you're going to tell me that the Devontae Parker Mac Jones connection is going to be otherworldly? I I just don't see it. J- Jacoby Myers is the only other receiver on that on that team that well, they'll is just run the ball eighty times a game like they did against the Bills that one game and win. That's their play. They could. They'll be the Navy football of the NFL. They easily could. I mean. It just doesn't seem like we're really moving on from the Patriots that we grew up with. The uh, Patriots and the Dolphins do battle on September 11th, week one in Miami. So big game. Early. Absolutely. So Patriots have two really big games off the bat because the Miami game and then the and Steelers, then the Steelers game, game. That's going to be a team competing for wild card spots with each other. So 
really tough start to the schedule with a Both lot of on high the road. stakes for the Patriots. And then, yeah. I mean, I'll, Tom, I'm looking at it right now. It's a f- tough first four. On the road against Miami. On the road against the Steelers. Home versus the Ravens. On the road against the Packers. That's a 1-3 and three start. You can, you can spell out an 0-4 possibly. Well, you know what's going to happen though, right? Is the one way it's going to come against the Steelers? Or that no. Way? They're going to beat Miami in week one. That's a Belichick mm-hmm. move. I'm going to go down there and, and like, two, our offense is going to stink, but we're going to make two. We're still going to crawl out yeah, of Miami like with a, a win. It's like a 17-12 to 12 win or yeah. some stupid score like that. And we're the Patriots. A score you, like a 15 to an 11 yeah, win. Yeah, just an ugly game. Two was going to throw for like. 12 completions for like 28 attempts and like a couple picks and like he's only going to reach like 110 yards to the air and it's just going to look ugly the entire time and Belichick's going to walk away with the win uh, and said I told you so uh, Bill, told, Bills I, are obviously though our runaway to win the East yes the picking through one and four were very obvious yes. in this division it just depended on where we were going in between and finally the AFC West here I've we go this is what I'm most excited Chargers where- Chiefs Raiders, Broncos. Wow. Yep. A complete yep. mirror. Yep. yep, yep. You lo- you picked that too. You really did. I thought that's where we'd have our biggest No, deviation. I'm saying a complete mirror ring opposites. You picked the Broncos went, to win the so division. My top two and bottom two, you flip them. So, so instead of going, mirrors. so mine is Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. You know a mirror would be Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers. Well, okay. So two mirrors, Jesus essentially. Jacob. So you went Chiefs, Chargers. Chiefs. Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Raiders. And that is not to say that we are grouping in the Raiders here or you're grouping in the Broncos here with the Houston Texans in last coming in last place in the South, the Browns coming in last place in the North, and the Jets coming in the last place in the East. No, 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 no. Those are different last places. Yes. The Browns and the Raiders are different last places. To the the last the place team in uh, the West could easily finish with seven wins. More. It'd be crazy to see four teams in one division being no worse than one game under 500. I just think it's the Chargers' time. and I, think I know that, you do. And I think that they're going to be just a juggernaut of a team as long as they can stay healthy. But I think they will do battle with the Chiefs throughout the season. I think there will be a lot of jockeying for position there. And as we'll get to our playoff prediction soon, who's to say that I don't think the Chiefs are going to go farther than the Chargers when it's all set? Okay, and that's fair. But I just like the Chargers to win this division in a really tight division race, potentially coming down to a Week 18 matchup or uh, potentially coming down to needing the Chiefs to lose their last game, the Chargers to win, yada, yada, yada. So I think that it's going to be close up at the top. And I, I also think that this is the one division where – uh, more than just the top two teams I list that have a chance to win it. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders just dark horse snuck in and won, or the Broncos. I think all four teams. I'm have just a legit curious. Shot. You really like the the Raiders more than you like the Broncos? I do. Okay. I do. I don't know. It's just something about Russell Wilson. Maybe making this transition to Denver is not going to be as smooth as people thought. And last year, I know he was hurt a lot, but the better quarterback. Again, let's do the silhouette test that we like to do on this show. Derek Carr was better quarterback than Russell Wilson last year. Russell Wilson was hurt. I just said that. I added that caveat. I'm adding it again. Well, I'm just saying, last year, Derek Carr was the man compared to Russell Wilson. Now Russell Wilson has okay receivers, but he took a step back as far as his weaponry is concerned, at least skill position-wise, with the Denver Broncos. No question. I don't care who come you come with names. that They're not as good as the Tyler Lockett and, of course, the DK Metcalf connection that he had in Seattle. 
He's got yeah. good receivers, though. It's not like he's completely falling. But off he's also got a. He's back with a great defense too, which I think is important. Is it a great defense, though? I mean, well, they just lost Malik Reed, right? Who was their leader in sacks for the past couple of seasons? But that tells you that they're ready to lose Malik Reed, which would signal maybe that they maybe think someone's make you a little worried if you're a Pittsburgh Steeler, or signaling that there's someone that they have on their roster right. who's ready to make an out uh, a coming out party this year. Maybe I think Bradley, it also Bradley Chubb maybe will be healthy and he'll finally get a 12 or 13 sack season like he should. Can Pat can Pat Sertain establish himself as one of these better younger quarterbacks? Justin Simmons we already know is one, is of, the one of the best safeties in the league. Yeah, I, I think it all uh, you're looking at Bradley Chubb as the big name there. Can he return to form with his rookie year? Was his rookie year really the only year where he had a standout year. Yeah, he's been hurt pretty much, I think, every other year. I'm looking at it now. Last year, he missed half the season. In 2019, he missed half the season. Ugh. 2020, he only played in 14 games, got seven and a half sacks. So, really, it was just way back when in 2018, four seasons ago at this point, that was his best year. 16 games played, 12 sacks. 12 sacks as a rookie. I mean, whew. if he could get that again this year, that's... Music to the Denver Broncos' ears. But he has yet to come close. And in the two seasons of which he didn't play at least 14 games, in 2019 and last year, he combined, Tom, for one sack. Ooh, that's rough. They need him to they return do. to form for sure. All right, let's seed him. I'll start, go one through seven, okay. and you'll go one through seven. One seed, the Bills for me. Yep. Two seed, the Ravens for me. Okay. Three seed, the Chargers. Four seed, the Colts. First wild card at the five seed, the Chiefs. Sixth seed were the Bengals, and my seventh seed were the Raiders. Okay, so this is where, because of our different divisional placements, we we really a little bit of variation, yeah. So I'll I'll go one through seven here. I got the Bills first. I got the Chiefs second. I got the Ravens third. I got the Colts fourth. My first wild card team, the Bengals. Five seed Bengals. Six seed Chargers. Seven seed. Broncos. Seven seed Broncos. All right, so we we took our wild cards from the same divisions. Our only our only team that we uh, differ on making the playoffs is the Raiders and the Broncos. Yes, That's the and they both come in at the seventh seven seed. So okay, we're close. First round wild card weekend. I've got the number two seed Ravens over the number seven seed Raiders. I've got the number six seed Bengals over the number three seed Chargers. And I've got the number five seed Chiefs over the number four seed Colts. That's my wild card weekend. All right, for me, I got the two-seed Chiefs over the seventh-seeded Broncos. I got the third-seeded Ravens over the sixth-seeded Chargers. And my only upset from the AFC side of things of that weekend, I got the fifth-seed Bengals going into Indianapolis beating the fourth-seeded Colts. Bengals over the Colts. All right, I like it. We both have the Bengals pulling off road upsets as a wild card in the first round. Divisional weekend. I got the Bills drawing the Bengals since the Bengals were my lowest seed to win in the first round. So I got the Bills over Cincinnati, and then I've got the Chiefs upsetting the Ravens, the two-seeded Ravens. I've got the Chiefs over the Ravens. Okay, so we we both have something similar. You had the the Chargers as your sixth seed. I had the Bengals as my five seed, mm-hmm. but we both had the number one overall seed, Buffalo, beating the beating the, the Bengals at home. Okay, and what I think would be a great game, by the way. Yeah, sure. And then similar result, but different way of getting there. You had the two seed Ravens losing to the three seed Chiefs. I had the two seed Chiefs beating the three seed Ravens. Chiefs over Ravens. 
So right, we are so both, we both left. Bills Chiefs and our Bills Chiefs game. But I have Bills this over this year, as as we predicted, it would be in Chiefs Buffalo. at Bills. Yep, it'd be in Buffalo. And I'm assuming you have the Bills winning that game. I have the Bills winning as that do game. I. So our AFC champion is the Buffalo Bills. The number one overall seed Buffalo Bills. The number one overall Took seed of Buffalo it. Bills. When we come back, we're going to do our NFC predictions. We'll take a look at that side of the conference, do the same exact thing we did here, write it in stone, and then laugh all about how dumb we were following mm-hmm. week 18. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman. As always, appreciate you guys giving us a listen. This has been the Steelers Standard.